What's up, y'all? This is Whitmer from Nerdtastic, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to On Deck Circle here on KCOU. 88.1 FM, as usual. I'm Adam Rosen, across from Michael Lovett. And I guess you guys can guess what we're talking about. Baseball. So we got a It was actually a, it was a pretty busy week, I'd say, in baseball. I mean, there were not no major signings. I mean, Marcelo Zuna, there's a couple we'll talk about. And some trades. And talk about uh, we're going li- to the next few weeks, we're going to start listing our best players at each position, specifically and outfielders, uh, starting pitchers and relief pitchers in general. It's just to bunch them up and then obviously like first base, second base. So this week we're going to start with catchers and that's that's the preview of what we're going to talk about today. But first, Michael, we have some uh, some sad news to talk about today. Yeah, so Pedro Gomez, uh, a reporter on baseball for m- many years. Uh, passed away this week, and I mean he was he was lost too soon. Gave his life to baseball. Was I mean wasn't just reporter. He for for everyone who's talked about him, he he cared about his fellow reporters and how they were doing. How, asked how their families were doing. I mean he was just all around a good guy. Had tremendous respect in the industry. Um, I mean a family man. I mean. It, there's really no shortage of good things you can say about him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was like, de- I was devastated. I was like, what? I could, I, I think, fit young, 58 or something. And either way, it's just really, really sad and really big loss for the community. And um, just someone everyone loved, to, I loved to listen to. I think most people would could say that they liked listening to him. And yeah, I mean, just a tragic loss, and want to rest, say, give that them and his family, everyone who worked with him, and rest in peace, condolences, and just prayers up for that. And that's just something. That's a hard topic to talk about, but going into, but because we don't want to, we want to just quickly, yes, we just want to say, rest in peace. Um, and again, our condolences out to that, and just to him and his family, or to family, friends, coworkers, and all that, and just baseball lost a good one. So with that, we are going to have a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk about some happier news, um, team signing and free agency, and there were a couple more big trades. So stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Theron Denson, the Black Diamond, and you're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man, mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't eat, but I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, man, mm, man. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, man, mm, man. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. 88.1 FM, KCOU, we do what we can. Welcome back. 
to On Deck Circle here on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rose, across from Michael Lovett. And so we're back from our little quick break. And, yes, we got some baseball to talk about. And apparently there's a we got some trades to talk about, free agents again. And then later we'll get to, after another break later, we'll talk about some agreements and maybe roast a certain top 100 players list right now. But there's a note on here that says there's a better Chris Davis. I'm offended. No slander of my Orioles Chris Davis is allowed. I love that man. I respect. Imagine being able to pull off a heist like that. I mean, he just absolutely, what a legend. There's no, unbelievable. Great guy. Um, okay, back to actually things. So, yes, we had some free agent signings. Um, and because I don't believe there is going to be a DH, this, we can get to that later, more on a, that agreement, but really there is expected not to be a DH this season in the NL. But Marcel Ozuna still signed in the NL and re-signed with his team. Yeah, I mean, it's – he was sort of all – especially with the market, there weren't many teams who were interested in playing him in the field. And, I mean, the Braves have committed. They've said that he's going to be their everyday left fielder. Um, and they, they sort of – they did have an opening there. Um so I mean, it's it's definitely a. I mean, it, it's it is a big signing. They signed him for four years, sixty five million. That also has a team option for a fifth year. So I mean, it, it's a long term deal or relatively long term deal for. I, I mean, it's someone who's most of his value is coming offensively. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe what they're hope what the Braves are hoping is that they can they'll play him in left field for this one year. And then next year, or a couple years, or I mean, sometime dur- over the course of this deal, the DH, that DH in the NL will get implemented, and then they could just move him there, and then have a better fielding left fielder. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I think it's interesting. I mean, we all, I expected him to come back. I mean, let's be real here. Um, I, I do think it. I, I think the contract also is nice. I mean, it's four years, sixty-four million, I believe, and believe an option for a fifth year. And what is he? Uh, he's got to be 30. So he's 30 right now. I mean, if he's going to be fielding now and, and assuming there's a DH next season, or not this upcoming season, in um, 2022. What year are we in? 2022 next year. Um, I mean, he could fill that role perfectly. And obviously, if he ends up having to be a DH next season, this in the 2022 season, his body, it's his body won't take as much uh, wear and tear from being outfielder, and obviously, I mean, you saw this season he played all 60 games, and I believe he was just the av- batting average of winning the. If he was, if he had more, he was uh, maybe third in the NL in batting average, and he had everything else, and he would have been the NL Triple Crown winner otherwise. Was, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, I think it's most of the value he has has come from this past yeah. year. I mean, he really didn't have he – was, he was good in 2017, but 18 and 19, he wasn't really anything special. No, he um, was not. I, I mean, I think may, maybe he unlocked something going to Atlanta. Maybe they were able to help him figure something out where he can actually – he can produce a bit more, um, I mean, for the rest of his career. But, I mean, it has the possibility to be – an overpay, I guess, especially with the last couple years. I mean, yeah, he's only 30 years old, but, um, I mean, by the time he's 34, 35, is he going to be able to have the same sort of production off- offensively? Because that's where most of his value is. If, I think that's sort of the biggest question with this contract. If he's hitting as a DH, probably he could retain most of it because just, you know, as a DH, your value, I mean, look at, like, Nelson Cruz, I mean, he doesn't play the field because he's old and really bad at fielding, but he can still rake. And, I mean, I think Marcelo Zuna – I mean, Marcelo Zuna hasn't done it as long as Cruz, obviously, but it just depends on that, I'd say. But other than that, I mean, there's another player I thought – I like this signing a lot. Adam Duvall, I really do like that signing for Marla, Miami because, I mean, center field, I think they still have Starling Marte. Um. I know they've been pl- – could depend if J.J. Bledet comes up or Garrett Cooper or someone else like that. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with the infield. I think first base might probably be Aguilar again or 
I th- yeah, they sold him under contract. And then Cooper would probably, could possibly play right. It depends on what they do with Brian Anderson. I mean, Brian Anderson's been a great player, and I think he's probably more likely to stay at third. But I know he can play everything. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And, and then they have the... Um, I mean, I, I think their middle infield will be um, Isan Diaz is second, um, and... Uh, Rojas? Rojas is short. Yeah, um, Rojas and then, had help. And then they still have the utility guy, John Birdie, who's... I mean, he can, he can play literally anywhere. Oh, yeah. Aside from catcher. And, he's, and, he, fe- and he flies down the baseline like a birdie. You're welcome, everybody. I hope you laughed. Probably didn't, but it was funny. Deal with it. It's pun season. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think Adam Duvall is a great signing. I know he hasn't – I mean, he, I believe he had, like, like nine homers in a week. Like se- Roughly – it felt like he had – yeah, he had 16 homers this season. He was tied with a bunch of players for seventh in the league uh, and, ma- and not only – not in the NL, but in, ML, in Major League Baseball – he, uh, Pete Alonzo, Mookie Betts, Cole Calhoun, um, the, that guy Nelson Cruz we were just talking about, haha. Um, T.I. Oscar Hernandez, Manny Machado, and A.J. Pollock. That's interesting to me. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, Adam Duvall had a very, I mean, he, he didn't hit well. His over, batting average wasn't great, but, and his slugging was, was, is the reason his OPS was as high as it was, 833. But I think you, if you want to got you can put him as a cleanup hitter, maybe, as a guy who can just rake in the middle in that lineup and just drive home a bunch of runs. Yeah, I mean, the only issue with his game, I think, is that if he can't, if he's going through a slump and can't make contact with the ball, he's not getting on base any other way. His on, his on base percentage really isn't, he doesn't walk too much, so I, his game is based is is based on his ability to get hits. So if he suddenly can't get a hit, his whole value, well, offensively at least, is pretty much gone. Because then he, not only is he not getting a hits, but he's not really getting on base in general. And I mean, it is only a, it is only a one year deal, so I don't think they have to worry about this too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially since he is only. Uh, Four and a half million. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's oh, no, and then, five know, million with an option for a second year. Like you were talking about his walks per walks per walk ratio, he had point oh seven two walks, and if I'm doing my math right, that's about a seven percent walk rate. Correct. Yeah, that is very bad, and his strikeout rate's not great either, about twenty six percent. I mean, I mean that's a lot. I mean Ronald Acuna strikes out about thirty percent of the time, but he at least walks nineteen percent. Obviously, most players are going to strike out now because striking out is that's just what happens in this game the game now a lot of players are going for power striking out it's a common thing now but if you're walking seven percent i like adam duvall as a power guy but other than that i mean it's an all right sign it's a i'd say it's really a low risk thing i still don't think the assuming the playoffs i think are going to be back to five get teams thank thank you thank you thank you for that um but I mean, I don't think it's a terrible signing because maybe it just takes up a spot for a guy. It's maybe I think it might be a placeholder for in the future when they have they've got a lot of a lot of they got some good outfield depth in terms of for um, prospects. Yeah, I mean, it, the biggest question here is: Are you considering Lewis Brinson a prospect? I don't know. Lewis Brinson's to me is a lost cause. Hitting, hitting wise, he's absolutely just a lost cause. There, there, there's nothing. There's nothing. He, he can't hit. He just can't hit. Strikes out way too much too. He's just a quick. He's like, he feels like a, a, a like a little upgrade of a Terrence Gore. He's really fast. He's really good fielding. But or honestly, he's like Billy Hamilton. I was about to say, yeah, better, that's more Billy, Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Better comparison there. He's like Billy Hamilton. He's just really fast and good at fielding and really can't do anything but that. And once in a while, he'll get a hit. Like once in a blue moon. I mean, I can see them the Marlins trading Duval midseason, too. Right, that's probably, um, reason, probably why they put him on a one-year deal. Yeah. Well, with an, yeah, I mean, they have an option, too. So, I mean, whatever team gets, possibly gets him, if they end up trading him, would, would then have the option to keep him around for another year if they choose. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's an idea they should definitely think about doing. But then there's a couple other signings. Um, I mean, one I think is sort of that was sort. I think is 
I mean, kind of underrated, honestly, is the Mike Fire signing. I mean, he re-signed with Oakland. Um, a one-year deal. I mean, Oakland needs some starting pitching. It seems like that's always the one thing they need. Yeah. Um, and especially for a team that's not w- really w- doesn't want to spend much, can't spend much, for one year, three and a half million, that's not a bad deal for, I mean, a guy who, I mean, cons- considering some of the other injury issues they have with the guys in their rotation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even Luzardo and AJ Pook, who are both top prospects, both relatively injury prone, you're going to need more depth to cover that. And I honest, I don't think the A's, I don't know what the A's are going to do. I think there's talks about Chapman getting traded, which, I mean, which would bring in a massive haul of prospects probably. I, I, I concerned myself about the A's because they really haven't done anything. And I know we say they can't spend. I have my own thoughts about that. I just don't. Owners that are worth, I know obviously I'll not want to get into uh financial things too much but owners that even if they're they have money that's in other places obviously but a owner who's worth over two billion dollars should be able to pay cannot can't just tell me they don't want they can't afford a player i mean it's blatantly just they don't want to spend the money like the the, well obviously a different thing with blake snell getting traded that wasn't because they can't afford to pay him that's because they didn't want to pay him and i think maybe partially due to uh has something to do with a certain thing that Wendy's roasted the Rays Twitter account on yesterday, which was absolutely hilarious. Wendy's went out and said, so Wendy's, the best Twitter account in the world, decided to have a national roast day yesterday. It was national roast day, and the Rays said, roast us. And they said uh, something like, um, I'm surprised you didn't pull your social media manager in the middle with that great tweet. Oof. Just pouring some salt in the wounds, and I love it. But, yeah, I, I think Mike Fire is a good signing. I mean, yeah, like you said, Oakland needs depth. Another one, another signing of another player named Mike. I like Mike Fulton-Nevich signing. I mean, it's a guy who was an all-star a few years ago whose velocity mysteriously just dipped out of nowhere. I mean, he lost like five miles per hour on his fastball or something, which is ridiculous. And he only made one start this past year, too. And he got DFA'd immediately. Yeah. And, uh, that's insane because, like, you lose five miles or something on your fastball at, what, 29, 28? He's not old. I mean... I'd have to double-check how old he is. Uh, but that's weird to me. And I think the Rangers aren't going to compete this year. I think that's a solid signing because it's just a, it's a reclamation project. I think if it works for them, they can sign him and he can be one of their guys for a while. If not, two years, or no, one year, $2 million, there's no risk there at all to me because their team's not going to compete. To me, it's just sad that they had this whole hyped up about having Corey Kluber, um, Lance... Lynn and a couple others, or another, why am I blinking? Mike Miner. Thank you. They had a whole nice starting pitching rotation there, and literally none of them are there now. It's a little disappointing to see that, but no, I think Mike fulton that's a solid signing. There's no risk in the, there's really no risk involved with that one to me. It's a high, high reward, like no risk at all, honestly. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, it's only $2 million. I mean, there's no, for a team that's not really contending, I mean, you're not really... Teams that contend don't normally – teams that don't contend aren't normally spending that much money on – I mean, unless you have some bad – some really bad contracts. Other than that, you're not really spending that much money on signing big free agents or stuff like that. So, I mean, the, Ranger, the Rangers have the, that money to, to play with, I guess. So giving $2 million to to him for, just for – I mean, if it doesn't work out, then they eat the $2 million and I mean, it's not, it's not a huge cost for them at this point in time. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's fine. To, it's not, There's nothing wrong with that post or signing. The one thing I am a little worried about, though, is that the Braves, when they give up on a pitcher, it's norm, they're normally right about it. They're, they're normally not – they don't normally just give up on a pitcher and then they find – I mean, yeah, they could find success elsewhere, but it's not, it's not always – especially on the major league team. If a pitcher's had success and or relatively successful, and they just trade him or um, or get rid of, release him, I mean, whatever, leaves him free agency. There's normally a reason for that, and they normally end up being turned out correct. I mean, look what happened with Julio Tehran last season. Hmm. I didn't even think about that one. It's a good point. I mean, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, there was clear evidence that Mike Fulton Everton needed to go because of how poorly he. Like I, I again, I don't understand how you just lose that much on a fastball like from one year. 
Like, does that mean you just weren't working out at all? Were you uh, eating a bunch of Pop-Tarts? Uh, you just, like, seriously, I have no clue. It's sad to me that that happened. But I, I think that's, an, but overall, I think it's a fine signing for Texas. There's no, like, again, there's no risk involved for a team that's not going to be good this year. Let's yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I another big signing was um, Yadier Molina signing with the Cardinals. Who's that? Uh, re-signed for one year, nine million. So him and Adam Wainwright are going to be together for at least one more year now. Yeah. Now that Wainwright re-signed, which we talked about a bit last week. Yeah, I mean, you knew this was going to happen. I mean, they're going to retire together. If it's this year, if it's next year, if it's who, God knows when, because they've been playing forever. I, I I like it for them because obviously there's there's no chance. You know, honestly, they might just like not they might just like not give up any runs this year. I mean, they, they, they might just like just chill it, chillax, and just have a give up to one run a game because I mean their pitching's pretty good. It's decent, and they have Flaherty. They have some other players, and then the outfield is ridiculous defensively. The infield is ridiculous defensively, and you have one of the best defensive catchers ever. Are they ever going to give up a run? Under, over, under. Hmm. I'd have to look at that. I'd have to look at the numbers to see the average runs given up and set, oh, under. Yeah, I mean, their their team, I think, is they're, they're, is going to yeah. be really good defensively. They're going to win the Central. No chance. They're not, Barring injuries, there's no chance they don't win the Central. Game. At this point, they probably will. Like, but, I mean, I mean, anything can happen with, with baseball. Yeah, I mean, I mean or, over the course of a season, too. Obviously. I I think it's clear the Cardinals are the favorites. I'd say the Brewers or the Reds are fighting for third and second. I'd say the Cubs are probably fourth, or are probably the the weaker the weakest of those four because of the odds yeah. they've lost this year. And then the Pirates are sitting in the bunker because they're really bad, and they have I don't even know what they're doing. Like I mean, obviously they're I think they're away. they're trying to rebuild again. They're like totally tanking. They're gonna get uh well, assuming he goes to the draft, they're just gonna draft Kumar Rocker out of Vanderbilt because he's amazing, and then eventually he'll be really good. He'll be good. They'll misuse him, and then they'll trade him to like Houston, because that's just what they do with pitchers. Sorry, Pirates fan. I'm I'm really having fun with this. So a couple utility guys signed as well, actually. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez signed with Boston, love and him. Jonathan VR signed with the Mets. I love Marwin Gonzalez. I love my I love utility players. They're so much fun. And it could be a third if you count um, D. Strange Gordon. I mean, depending de- depending on if he wins their shortstop job. Yeah, um, D. Strange Gordon. Okay. Sometimes I get that mixed up because I know he changed, added that, or changed it. I don't remember if that was his original name or something. But it was yeah, his he, mother's maiden name, I okay. believe. So, D. Strange Gordon. Yeah, he, I, I like that signing for them. I mean, the Reds need a re- really need a shortstop, I think. And, I mean, he, I think it's a minor league deal first. It right? was, yeah, it is a minor league deal. Um, and can get to 1.25? I believe so. Yeah, and then... For Marwin, I just already said it. I love Marwin Gonzalez. I think I love I love utility players who can play literally everywhere and just be awesome because that's really fun and cool. And, and now Boston has two of them. They have yeah. him and they have Enrique Hernandez. Love it. I'm I'm gonna go on a fantasize about how awesome utility players are one day. I'm gonna go build a whole team out of utility players now. Uh, no, I, I John and then Jonathan VR. I mean, yes, he's a utility player, but I think he could still be a decent starter sometimes. I mean, obviously they have um. Jeff McNeil. Yeah, who's um, sort of a utility guy. Or but guy he's well. more of an everyday guy, obviously. Yeah, but, he's, I mean, he, his versatility is yeah, exactly. that of a utility guy. And you have, um, and then at third, I mean, he can J.D. Davis at third. And then some DH. guy and then some do, some guy named Lindor at short. No big deal. Um, I mean, in the outfield they have. Um, Conforto. Uh, Conforto. And Nimmo. And Nimmo. And, pr- I mean, I'm more in, I'll probably be an off, not, probably won't play every day. Yeah, he'll probably be more of a fourth outfielder, defensive replacement type guy. Yeah. And they still have uh, Cespedes as well, I believe. Is he going to retire? I wonder. I mean, I know he had some incident issues earlier this season, like, and he was coming back, and then something, stuff happened, and I hope he's okay. I know we had the incident with a boar, which is weird uh don't get chased by boards that's really scary yeah that, uh, that, that was really a freak injury yeah it was that was really it reminded me of when madison Baumgartner got hurt uh with a motorcycle or 
when Brandon Morrow hurt himself pulling his pants down. Or our favorite well, injury, our favorite weird injury story, Sammy Sosa getting hurt sneezing. I don't even understand how that happens. That's actually insane. Like, really. And then there were a couple other signings. I think Ken Giles signs really good for the Mariners. Obviously, he's not going to pitch this year. He just had Tommy John, I believe, in September. So, and Ken Giles can be one of the better relievers in the in the league. Not one of the, he's a he can be really good if he's healthy. And I think, I mean, the Mariners. I don't think they're competing this year. I don't know about I don't know about next year yet. Depends on how this year goes. But I think that's a good pitch, pitcher for 2022. It's a two-year deal, obviously. So, yeah, I mean that that makes sense for. You sort of figured he was going to sign a two-year deal anyway, especially because he was going to miss this year. So it makes sense that he would sign a two-year deal and rehab this year and then try to come back next year. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably be back in next time for 22 spring training. He could actually be their closer at this point, too. I mean, if you look at the rest of their bullpen, they don't really have um, yeah. that many other good relievers. Nobody that nobody really that could stand out as a closer yet, obviously. And then Nomar Mazzara, I think that's a solid signing. I mean... He was, he didn't do anything with it. He, White Sox get, got him, and he really wasn't that good for them at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, that's another reclamation project, I think. And the Tigers are another rebuilding team, so it makes sense for them to do that. Um, I mean, to I mean, hope that he. I mean, he's still young enough that if he turns it around, he could be a part of their team. What I mean, three four years from now, whenever they're actually ready to compete, maybe sooner than that. Um, but I mean. I, I mean, that's that's another just sort of low-risk, um, high-reward-type contract that, I mean, D- Detroit went after. I mean, it's, it's, it's one year, $1.75 million, but I believe he could be under contract for more than the one year since he hasn't reached his six years of service time yet, or he wouldn't have by the end of this year. He hasn't reached five now, so I believe he would still be under contract for at least another one or two years yeah. um, after this year. So I mean, I mean, the Tigers could keep him around for another few years and hope that he could be a part of their team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's I, I think that's a good low I, risk. Yeah. High reward. That's what I like about these tra- signings. They're just a low risk, high reward. And then on to some trades. We got Chris Davis for Elvis Andrews, not the the lesser, not the not as cool Chris Davis because he didn't rob, he didn't just get away with highway robbery, which is kind of cool. Come on, you know you love Chris Davis of the Orioles, you know it. Yeah, I know you're smiling. I see it. I can see it. Don't hate. You love it. I'll stop. Okay. But yes, Chris Davis for Elvis Andrews. I was like, that came out of nowhere. That was like just out of nowhere to me. Yeah, that that know, really was. And I know they need a replacement for Semyon, but still like random. And I mean, they're getting rid of some salary too. I mean, the um, I mean, both teams are. Oakland's Davis has. A little over thirteen and a half million left on his contract for this one year, so they get rid of his contract. I mean, they also trade a couple prospects, and they but they also get back a prospect along with Andres, who has a little more. He has two years and a little more money, although with, with an option for a third year. Which, I mean, maybe maybe he'll be there. I don't know. Um, but Rangers are paying part of his contract, which I think helps with. I mean, especially since the A's are trying to save money, they're getting rid of Davis's contract, taking on Andrus, who has more money, but they're also Rangers are paying part of that, so it, it is almost a wash as far as the money. Yeah, and I think it's like I said, like we said, it's a replacement for um, Marcus Semyon. It's just weird to see Elvis Andrus is basically. I think he's been there his whole career. He, and yeah. I, I always remember growing up and watching him and uh, Adrian Beltre uh, hit each other with uh, their hats, and um, Elvis Andrus trying to play with uh, uh, Beltre's hair. Or no hair, I guess. Um, and I loved those two. Those two were so fun to watch. I always, I, I tend to watch a bunch of those compilations on YouTube sometimes, and it's just really fun to see the two of them happy and smiling together. Because Elvis Andrews seems like such a fun player to be with. Oh, he does, yeah. And and Beltre does as well. They all do. I love, I love that t- those do du- that duo. Those two were so fun. I wish they had a ring. Darn it, Cardinals! You had to ruin it. Or Darnay Nelson Cruz for making a bad read on that out on that and out in the right feet in right field. I believe that was Cruz. That was yeah. Pain to give a good ending though. Can't, can't lie. There was, I would say there's a there was a bigger trade this week though than that than that one. And probably not, I mean not, it was it was more expected than than the 
an yeah, A's I, Rangers one. But definitely I mean, a it, huge it was trade. definitely yeah. a big trade. Yeah. Andrew Benatendi was traded from the Red Sox to the Royals in a surprising three-team trade. Yeah, I, I, I it was uh, I believe French Cordero's going to the Cardinals, Cardinals, Red Sox. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it, my my thought is, I saw a tweet saying, if you would have told a Red Sox fan on whatever uh, late and like February no or November 2018 that Betts, Bradley Jr. and Ben Intendi would not be on the active roster on the Red Sox roster as of mid February 2021, you, they'd call you insane. And now none of them. The B Bros. Ooh. Triple B's. BBB. I'll, I'm having fun. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's a solid trade. I mean, Kansas City is really still kind of where they're at. They're not good yet. I think they're still trying to rebuild. And I think Benintendi gives him someone who's got a, He's still really young, and he's been. He's had a good couple of good seasons. This season and last season, he really fell off a lot. It's a, I wouldn't say it's a reclamation project. I'd say it's just trying to get try and see if a guy can get back to where he was and be that not a centerpiece but like a few a, a guy you can build around help build around yeah and i mean the red sox actually got a decent haul for him too they got franchi cordero who could potentially replace him at this point he probably would be the starting left fielder yeah definitely um, would be they also me. got a prospect pitcher josh winkowski and they got three player to be names later players to be named later so i mean that's not that's not a terrible that's not a terrible get for Benatendi, who I believe only has two more years under contract. Um, I mean, I, I don't really understand why they needed a third team in this, though. Because the Mets, they gave up Winkowski, but they also they got a prospect back, being that being um, Royals outfield prospect Khalil Lee. So I... Unless maybe the Red Sox wanted a wanting wanted a pitching prospect, otherwise I don't really see why. And the Royals didn't want to give one up. I don't really see why there had to be a third team involved in that. I don't know. I I don't even understand three team trades really. Why not just? This might sound really stupid and uninformed, but why not just trade with one team and then trade with a different team separately? Maybe it's. Maybe and I, I think that is what happens sometimes. I don't understand it. Maybe yeah, it, it makes it a lot more complicated. Maybe I'm just a dork. Well, not maybe. Definitely am a little bit. I think everyone is in their own way. Everyone's special or dorky in their own way. Imagine if that was set on Barney instead. Yeah. Okay, but now... There was no... Ben intended trade, yeah, I think that's a solid move for the Royals to get him. But Red Sox knew they were going to have that. I know Red Sox fans are not happy, but... I mean, he he sort of needed a a new um, he needed a, new a, a change. Of, yeah, he needed a new environment to to possibly get more success. I mean, it didn't really seem like he was going to be that much better with if he had stayed in Boston. Maybe he'll have a drive into left field in Kansas City or nothing ball game. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. I think it's a fine trade on both sides. It stinks for the Red Sox, who are really. Oddly, shit. I mean, obviously they're well over salary. I mean, they had so much salary to dump, but now I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know where they're at right now because obviously they have Chris Sale. Most, I think he'll be back in time. I, I believe so. I don't understand. I don't know where they're at right now. Yeah, I mean, they're sort of. They have the pieces to compete, but at the same time, they're trying to cut salary because they're over salary. So it, it's one of those things where they're they're sort of stuck in the middle, and there's really no. There's really no good, good compromise between the two. I mean, I mean, they have the pieces. I mean, hitting wise, they have the pieces to compete. Even some good pitching, um, but their guy, their guys, mo- mostly guys who aren't really playing are getting or are hurt, missing the season, whatever, are getting a lot of money or being paid more than their value, and then that hurts the team because then they can't spend that money on other players. But with that, we are going to have to take another quick break. But when we return, we'll uh, touch on a few few shorter uh, news pieces, um, starting with the new health and safety agreement that was agreed to, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday morning around there. Um, So... uh, We'll talk about that. Stick around. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM, 
and this is on deck circle. This is Justin, and we're in Menomina, and you're listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho provides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, My favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radiohead, KCOU. Hello, 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 and welcome back to more K- more On Deck Circle here on KCU 88.1 FM. As usual, I'm Adam Rosen, across from Michael Levitt. So, obviously, we just talked about some big trend, some uh, some of the transactions, really recapped a lot of those and just discussed our thoughts on that. And now we've got, like, the agreement on health and safety protocols, so you want to go ahead with that. Yeah, so, I mean, they – it is just for this one year. I mean, they're going to have to have an- another – I mean, they're going to be negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement this oh. after the next offseason. So. That'll be fun. That will be an absolute nightmare, and I'm not shocked. And I'm just going to predict it right now. I'm not going to be shocked if we have a lockout or a or a strike again. You heard it here first. I said it first. Don't pretend it. Uh-huh. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But based off last year and based off what we've seen so far this offseason, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be absolutely ugly next yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, I think there's each side seems relatively unwilling to compromise, and I think that could end up leading to some bad blood between and them. Generally, I'm agreeing with the players as all because the players are the ones that make the game. They're the they're the product. They're the people who actually do all the who do the work more. I know the owners are the ones who pay them and all that, and they do some things behind the scenes. But I say the players are the most important players, and haha, players in this situation, I think they're the ones who deserve that. I th- I'm on their side for these most of the time, and I think. Yeah. Yeah. So with the with the new health and safety agreement, um, so they are getting opening day rosters back to twenty six players, and then September is going to be back to twenty eight players, which is what it was supposed to be this last year before the pandemic. Um, actually, what I think the mo- probably the best thing about this health and safety agreement is that players are going to have to wear sensors to monitor social distancing and contact tracing. And there's going to be warnings and fines for not wearing masks. Good. There shouldn't. There should be because it's ridiculous that this thing continues and people still don't want. I'm not going to get on any other type of rant. I'm just going to say, it's ridiculous that this has gone on so long that people aren't taking this seriously. And there's no. And if you. And I don't care what your status is. I don't care if you're an athlete. I don't care if you're a celebrity. I don't care who you are. Just take precautions. This thing is really bad and it's time to take it's it's beyond time to take it seriously and i know that stinks they have to wear ankle braces or whatever you said tra- to track where they are maybe next. i think it's just it's a sensor of some sort i'm not sure where exactly it goes it might be on the maybe, arm maybe, or something like that maybe it'll help make sure that play teams don't get uh 17 day suspensions of their team of their playing 
or however many that. Yeah, I mean, and I think the NFL did something similar, and that actually worked really well. Yeah, the NFL had 269 games on their schedule. All 269 games were played. There were postponed. There were games that got delayed, but not a single game on that schedule went unplayed. Every team played every game. The Super Bowl was played, and there were some scares, but everything went pretty well, and they did a lot of good stuff with that. And I mean, I'd have to read more into it, but I know they did a lot of studies and stuff, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. They are also reintroducing in-game video, which is another good thing. Thank God. Although they are going to make sure they're going to blur catcher signs, so you can't yeah, use those. Yeah, I saw to, that. So I you like can't that. use that to. So you can't. Steal. Uh, so you can't do any of that stuff. You guys know what I'm referring to. Bang bang. Uh, um, I I think it's uh I, I I like that, but the only issue I have is runner on second to start extras. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ew. I don't mind. Now, call me crazy. I don't mind the two. I don't mind the seven-inning doubleheaders, but we talked about this a few days ago. I think we both agree. Get rid of the, I, I think in general, regardless if it's seven-inning doubleheader or nine-inning normal game, get rid of the win. I, for me, I think just win, you should not have to pitch five innings to get a win. I think whoever comes out with the lead, if that team holds the lead, that t- pitcher who had the lead first and went out with the lead should win. Because, like, say a guy – I had this example. Say a guy's go, got three perfect innings and then he gets injured, unfortunately. But he still has a perfect game. And this team scored three runs for him. And then they never – obviously, they never – say they lose the perfect game, but they never give up another run. They don't, they don't lose the lead ever. Why should that guy not get the win? I mean, it's not his fault he got hurt. That's just me. I think it's ridiculous. I think the whole minimum – the five-inning thing is ridiculous to me to get a win. It's not fair. And especially now that they're using openers as well. I mean, that's yeah. sort of... I mean, because the, the whole thing is for a starting pitcher to use five innings. Well, the opener has the starting pitcher go one inning, so they're not going to qualify anyway. So I, it, it's, it's sort of... It's, it's reinventing the whole... What the whole word starting pitcher actually means. Yeah, I agree. It, it, to me, I don't... I, I, yeah, it, it's weird. To me and runner on second to start extras is dumb yeah we said that and then obviously there's no universal dh i or expanded playoffs as well think i'm happy at, about at, that. The, at this point i mean they, they could make a deal at some point they, they did last year like right on the start yeah i mean Actually, they could i think both sides are gonna are gonna try to use it as a bargaining chip at this point i mean i mean that that's i mean that's that's probably the best thing for them to do is if, from their perspective yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to work on that one, but, yeah, I could see it happening. But on to the, Other than those, we got a couple of things. We wanted to rank our, our positions, but first I just want to go out and roast the uh, network MLB Network Top 100 right now because there is – I don't care. How can you put Randy Rosary in the Top 100 at number 100? I don't care. I know he was great in the postseason. He had a, a pretty solid – Rookie season. He had 67 games when you include the postseason. 67. I don't even think he played the whole season either. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. You can't put him in the top 100. And then Devin Williams over Josh Hader. Stop it. If we're saying right now, are you really going to base it so almost almost only, completely, basically seem like you're only basing it off of 60 games plus about 20 games of the postseason? Really? That's not even a full, that's about half of a season. For some of these guys, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, Randy Rosarina has actually only played. He played 23 games this past year. Played 19 in 2019. He's only, actually only played in 42 games. I'm this way whole off. And then what about, is that including the postseason? That is regular season only. And then you add what postseason? Which Nine. would be I don't about know, maybe, 19 games, I think. Actually. So yeah. So I'm I mean, if he only played 23. So that's still less than 60 for this whole last season. It's ridiculous to me. Yeah. There's no reason a guy should be in the top. There's and he's that close to like Josh Hader, 95. Are you kidding? I mean, Devin Williams was great this year, but he's not better than Josh Hader yet. Sorry, be, do it for more. I mean, there's there are a few exceptions. I usually like to base off the last three years, and there's a few exceptions to that. And Tatis is obviously one of those. I mean, Tatis is just going. Tatis is someone I give rid of that exception for because of how ridiculous he is. Devin Williams, I want to see more than just one really, really good, great year. And I'm okay with them having Robert and Kyle Lewis in the top 100. I'm not okay with them being over Stanton. I know Stanton's been hurt. But if when I'm doing a top 100 right now, I'm saying they're all healthy, right? Why is Giancarlo Stanton that low? We know what he does when he's healthy. 
He dominates. He hits absolute bombs. And there's an, I'm sorry, Eloy Jimenez is not better than Shannon right now. Um, Bo Bichette, uh, uh, Javi Baez was awful this year. He really struggled this year at the plate. But Bo Bichette is still not better than Javi Baez. Um, I'm okay with the way they had uh, guys like I'm okay with the first baseman. They released a bunch of not, not announced a bunch of first basemen. They had uh, Matt Olson, Max Muncy. Uh, see, see, the only thing I would say is that I would say Pete Alonso is better than Anthony Rizzo. I'm iffy on that, and I know I'm a little biased. I know I'm biased. I'm technically biased because you're a Cubs fan, too. But I'd say my thing is I know Riz, Pete Alonso, I can get, I can understand. I could, I, I disagree, but I can understand why you're, you would say that. And I think that's a very arguable point. I think most people would agree with that. I just think I know first base is not a great position, not a prime, uh, premier defensive position. But, I mean, Rizzo's amazing defensively, and that's just part of it. I just think he's been doing it for so long. I think he's always been underrated to me. But I could see why you would say Alonzo. I think Alonzo's phenomenal. I think he was too low. My again, like I said, I I had an issue with Kyle Hendricks being at eighty four. I had an issue with um um Mike Yastrzemski at fifty one. I mean, is Mike Yastrzemski better than Stanton? Is he better than Eloy? Them and if if he on the, yeah. the two of them are I don't know. I mean. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where... I mean, I think I think they're basing a lot of it off this past season. Which when, is not... It's not good. Yeah, I, I mean, you... Good. Yeah, you can take it into account, but that shouldn't be the most... That shouldn't be the thing... They, that shouldn't be the only thing that you're taking into account. No, it should not be at all. I'd have to go find that list again quickly. Um... By the way, yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. I mean, they had Strasburg below Nola, Aaron Nola, obviously. I don't know about that one. I really don't. I just think that's. Uh, I mean, Nola, Aaron, Austin Nola. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, it's no. But now, speaking of rankings, we had our. We wanted to rank again, like we said earlier. We wanted to rank our top five at each position, and. I had, we did catchers today, so Michael, if you want to start with your list first. Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I think the general consensus for the top two, I mean, whatever order, I mean, you know who the top two are, I yes, would say. Yes, for sure. JT Rumuto, number one, Yasmani Grandal, number two. I agree. I think after that is when it gets a little more... Up for debate. Yeah, and I know this might be a little bit of a hot take, I'm going to say Christian Vasquez is the third best catcher. I love that. I really like that a lot. I mean, I, I think you could argue Wilson Contreras deserves there. I have Contreras at number four just because of Contreras's or Vasquez's defensive value. They're not that different offensively, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Contreras might get on base a little more, but for the defensive superiority of Vasquez, I'm willing to take that drop in offensive production. And, I, and for me, I value, I value, I do value defense a lot more than I do value offense at catcher, especially because catchers, most people I wouldn't say have a great, a lot of teams don't have great offensive catchers a lot of the time. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I just think with the catcher defense is so important because it sets a game. It's, it sets the tone of a game sometimes, especially with framing. Yeah, and I had Mitch Garver as my number five catcher. He he wasn't he was decent this past year, wasn't too good, but um, I mean just ba- based on his past performance, I would say he's yeah I agree. I, I would say he's I mean there's not really at many more catchers who are as good offensively as he or can be as good offensively as he can. And yeah, and for me, I had Real Muto and Grandal one and two in that order, and then I had Contreras at three. I was I I I thought about that one for a while, and then Mitch Garver I have it four, and this one I was gonna put Vasquez too, but I also I was thinking Roberto Perez I know he does not hit I know his hitting is atrocious, but when you look at defensively he has a four defensive run saved of forty, that is like by far the most that's more than all of these guys on this list combined, and almost combined times two I'd say I mean. It's more than all of them combined times two. That's how defensively dominant he is. He he gets a lot over half of the strikes he get uh, pitches he gets are strikes. 
Um, and that's for everyone except for Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver only gets 46. This is that's his 20. Those stats that stats 2020. The DR defensive run saved is from 2018 to 20 because I like to go over the best three years. But for these number those um, strike rates and pop time, I couldn't get anything for the last few seasons. But overall, I think our lists are pretty darn similar. I'd say we have all the same players except for Vasquez, and I would have put Vasquez, but I just really thought Roberto Perez. I yeah, between I mean, the two of them. Yeah, I mean Perez is awful hitting. Obviously. He, yeah, he's a he's not that good hitting, but his defense is top of the line. I his mean, defensive. there's basically no one who's better defensive. He's a defensive wizard. He's basically no the Nolan Arenado of catchers. Yeah, pretty much, except for the hitting. But I agree. With you. I, I I mean, our lists are very similar. And I, I know we were talking about like it's a hot take. I, I like Vas. I like Vasquez there. I really do. I think that's an awesome rank, ranking. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Um, I don't know. I I, th- I think he sort of deserved it at this point. He he he's probably underrated too. I, I would think say. so. I, I think, think a lot of people don't think or underestimate how good he's actually I think, been. Honestly, besides Rio Muto and Gradal, I think most catchers are underrated. I think people don't look at catching the way they should. Catching is an art, and I mean, it really hurts. It's it's a tough thing to do because your knees. I mean, the fact. I mean, going back to another defensive wizard, real um, Yanir Molina. The fact he's been doing this for so long is incredible because. That takes a strain on your legs and your knees because you're at, you know, really awkward, painful position for so long. Yeah, so. I mean, Joe Mauer ended up moving to first. I mean, Buster Posey plays first. I mean, they catchers normally end up moving to other positions, or most of them do. Um, I mean, yeah, there's the exception, like Yadier or Ivan Rodriguez. Who may, I think he, he play, maybe played a little bit of first base. But for the most part, I mean, you have guys like Craig Biggio who moved bef- before his knees got bad. The smart, exactly. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, it's it's one of those positions where it, it definitely does take a toll on your body. But with that, we do have to wrap it up. So we will see you guys again next week. But this has been um, on deck.